0: This will be an easy chore after what we just did, all right? So, uh, it's going to be a wonderful day. You guys are here in great, good numbers today. And I'm glad, as Dr. E says, you didn't have the money to go to the beach. And so you're here. God bless you. Thank you. Do you remember the old song? Down in the valley, the valley so low, hang your head over, hear the wind blow, hear the wind blow, love, hear the wind blow, hang your head over, hear the wind blow. Well, that's old, isn't it? Gene Autry. Is that who did that? Gene Autry. All right, from Oklahoma, I should know that. Gene Autry. Well, today in the book of Habakkuk, we find that Habakkuk started out down in the valley, but he got to the mountaintop in chapter 3. So in chapter 3, I want to read for you just verses 17 through 19. This is kind of the conclusion where Habakkuk goes to the mountaintop. And we're going to talk about the joy of worship today. And so look here at verses 17 through 19 in chapter 3. Though the fig tree should not blossom, and there be no fruit on the vines, though the yield of the olive should fail, and the fields produce no food, though the flock should be cut off from the fold, and there be no cattle in the stalls. Yet I will exalt in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength, and He has made my feet like hinds feet and makes me walk on my high places. For the choir director on my stringed instruments we find that that is a wonderful conclusion to a troubling book. In chapter 1, remember that the prophet is worried. He is knee-deep in depression, worried about what God is going to do. Now I tell you, God has things under control. We don't need to worry about that. We need to worry about you and I. But in chapter 2, Habakkuk said, Okay God, I'm worried, but I'm going to watch. So he goes to a deer stand. He goes up to a high place, a watchtower. And there on that watchtower, he begins to move from worry to watching and chapter 3, worship. Now when you and I get the uplook, when you and I get our eyes off the trouble of the world and begin to look at the Lord, we can move from worry to worship. Chapter 3, verse 19. He comes up with this idea that God is His strength. I don't care what you're going through today, God is your strength. Sometimes you and I are weak in the morning, weak at the noontime, weak when the sun goes down. I looked in the mirror the other day and I said, Lord, I'm looking old today. You know what God said? God said, yes, you are. (laughs) There are days that we are just weak in body, but even more so weak in spirit. Some days we are tuckered out spiritually. And so Habakkuk finds the faith to say, God, You are my strength. His circumstances had not changed. But He had changed. And that's what God does so often. Circumstances don't change for you and I. Sometimes people that pray they still have cancer after they pray. They still have heart issues after they pray. Circumstances may not change, but God can change you and me. I'm reminded of the three Hebrews in the fiery furnace. God didn't take them out of the fire, but God showed up in the fire. Daniel in the lion's den did not get out of the lion's den, but somehow God showed up in the lion's den. In the storm on the Sea of Galilee, they didn't get out of the storm, but Jesus showed up walking on the water. Aren't you glad that His timing is always perfect? And in the timing of God, we can say, God, You are my strength. I was visiting this week with one of the sweetest ladies in the church. Now I didn't say the sweetest lady. One of, all right? I've made that mistake before, I can tell you. Then all the ladies say, I thought I was the sweetest one. But I was visiting with one of the dear ladies of the church, Miss Emily Newell. Miss M. I was at her house and visiting with her and, and Miss M was there in the bed and I walked back there to the back to the bedroom and, and uh, so I talked to her and she was talking to me and then I said, well, we're going to talk to the Lord. And so I began to pray. I said, dear God, and she stopped me. She tapped me on the hand. She said, aren't you going to hold my hand? (laughs) I said, yes, ma'am, I forgot. (laughs) If if you've seen Miss M lately, you know that, um, that her hand is twisted and turned and crippled up. And I didn't hold her hand on purpose because I didn't want to hurt it. But then I just kind of laid her hand in my hand and laid it there and prayed with her. And, and uh, I thought, what a blessing that someone knows how you ought to pray and wanted to feel the touch of somebody else. Bill and Gloria Gaither have some wonderful music, but there's nothing better than hearing them saying, He touched me. And you know, when God touches you, when God shows up, and when God strengthens you from the inside out, when God puts life and fire and enthusiasm into your life, there ain't nothing like that. Man, when God just powerfully shows up and brings healing to your body or strength to your spirit, nothing like that. And that's what happened to this prophet. The guy who has the name wrestler or embracer went from wrestling God to embracing God. And that's what can happen to you and I. As I look around the room today, every one of you, you've been worried or you are worried or you're going to worry tomorrow about something. We are worry wards. How do you go from worry to worship? You do it the same way Habakkuk did. And so today we're going to look at three things real quick. Three different things you must do to go from worry to worship. Number one, there's got to be prayer. There has got to be prayer. Now look in chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet, according to Shigunath. Lord, I have heard the report about You and I fear. O Lord, revive Your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy." Uh, this is a highly emotional poem. Habakkuk chapter 3 is a prayer psalm. There are some that say this chapter was read in worship at the temple. And so, remember in chapter 2, Habakkuk is watching. He's up on the watch tower. But now in chapter 3, He's just focused on praying. He's a man of prayer. He is praying that he might understand the will of God. Now why did Habakkuk pray? Well, he prayed because he had heard God speak. Aren't you glad we have a talking God? God talks to us and we talk to Him. I'm glad it's a two-way street. We have a talking God, a God who wants to talk to you and I. Verse number 2 says, Lord, I have heard the report. You'd heard the voice of God. When is the last time that you heard God speak in power to you? might have been through the 23rd Psalm. It might have been through Romans 8.28. It might have been through Wendell Estep. It might have been through your mail carrier. It might have been through your doctor. It might have been, you know, God can speak through a donkey, can't he? God is a talking God. He can speak. God can speak through fire. God can speak through rain and a storm. God can speak through a bush that comes alive. We have a speaking God. Romans 10 talks about faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I love it when George Bush, uh, Bush 43 was president. He was talking about God speaking through a bush and of course referring to Himself. I, I think God can do that. You know, sometimes, and probably I'll turn off the recorder to say this, but you know, sometimes, the dumbest people in the world can stumble over the truth. They really can. And and I, I think to myself, there's hope for anyone. There really is. Because sometimes you just find the truth. But you know, there are those days when you say, I don't really understand, but I remember back there when God gave me a word. I remember when God showed me something. I remember when God just lit up my life with truth. I remember years ago praying and praying and praying that God would send me a wife and then Pam showed up and I said, God, thank You for that Word. And I was talking to Roland Lide this past week and I told Roland, I said, I've been married for 36 years. How long have you been married? And Roland gave me the figure, I think 70-something years. I said, Roland, how long did it take you to learn to get along? He just smiled and I said, Roland, just remember these words, yes dear, yes dear. (laughs) Roland said, how long did it take you to learn that? And I said, about two weeks. (laughs) Millie just shook her head. We have a speaking God. Also, Habakkuk prayed because he was overwhelmed with the splendor of God. The splendor of God. Look look at this in the Bible here. Look look at verse number 2. Verse 2. Lord, I have heard the report about You and I fear. That word fear right there can be translated And I stand in awe." I stand in awe. You know, there's one thing to be afraid and then there's something else when you just stand in awe of who God is. When Moses said, God, I want to see Your glory. God said, you can't handle it. You can't take it. Moses said, oh God, just give me a glimpse of Your glory. What did Moses see? He saw the backside of God when he passed by. Remember that God had to hide him in the cleft of the rock. But when Moses saw the backside of God, what did it do to him? He turned his hair white. Some of you have seen God, haven't you? <laughs> don't mind it turning white, don't let it turn loose. Let let me tell you something. You and I, when we get a picture of the glory of God, we're like Isaiah. We want to say, Lord, I have unclean lips. And I dwell amongst those with unclean lips. A.W. Tozer, the great man of God, the great preacher one time said, to know God is at once the easiest and the most difficult thing in the world what well, it means to stand in awe of God. Well, he also prayed because he wanted God's work to succeed. We'll never know till we get to heaven what God did because we prayed. We'll never know. We'll never know what God did, but we'll also never know what God wanted to do. But in a sovereign way, God didn't do because we didn't pray. And that's a lot of words. But what it means is that you and I ought to be a praying people because God wants you and I to ask. He wants us to be a praying people. I was listening to my daily bread today, my devotion, and it was on 1 Corinthians chapter 12. How that there are different parts of the body. When Aaron called me this week about the video. He said, "Uh, uh, who's going to speak for your class? I said, Lynn (laughs) Burkhalder. Didn't take me long. I I said, Lynn, Lynn will do that. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. But then I said, but Aaron, you get there early and coach him up. (laughs) Because uh, Lynn knows what it's like to be coached up, alright? He's had some coaching in his day. God doesn't need to be coached up, but God in a sovereign way says, Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. Somebody told me one time, it's wrong to keep on praying for the same thing. And I said, no, it's not. And they said, well, if you've got great faith, you ought to pray one time and leave it with God. And I said, yeah, but if you've got persistent faith, you ought to keep on praying. You know what God wants? God wants to see people with a heart for Him that pound the throne of grace and that pray and that pray and that pray. He wants to see us seek and not... Boy, He wants us there at His throne all the time. Well, Habakkuk became a prayer warrior. Charles Haddon Spurgeon one time said, whether we like it or not, Asking is the rule of the kingdom. I love that last part. Asking is the rule of the kingdom. So, today, if you're caught up in worry, pray. You'll go from worry to worship as you pray. All right, number two. It also takes a vision. A vision. I've heard people talk about a vision they got from the Lord, and I've, I've never had some of those kinds of visions. I, I'm not doubting their experience. I'm just telling you, I've never had that. Sometimes when I have a dream at night, it's because I ate an onion sandwich at 12 midnight. I mean, that's, that's what I did probably, but, but a vision. Habakkuk got a vision. Now... In verses 3 through 15, you find the vision. Now, let's look at verses 3 through 5. God comes from Teman, and the Holy One from Mount Paran. His splendor covers the heavens, and the earth is full of his praise. His radiance is like the sunlight. He has rays flashing from his hand, and there is the hiding of his power. Before him goes pestilence and plague comes after him. When you look at three through five, you find the, the splendor of God. It's sort of a picture of the shekinah glory of God, and that when God comes and shows up, His glory comes with him. In John chapter one, verse 14, when Jesus came, he came full of grace and truth, and the glory of God was on him. Well, we also find the Lord stood in power. Look at verses 6 and 7. He stood and surveyed the earth. He looked and startled the nations. Yes, the perpetual mountains were shattered, the ancient hills collapsed. His ways are everlasting. I saw the tents of Cushion under distress, the tent curtains of the land of Midian were trembling. There in 6 through 7, you find the power of God. God is a powerful God. Every time I go to the Billy Graham Cove, I like watching, kind of watching the creation around the Cove there in Asheville. As I walk up and down those hills there in Asheville, sometimes I quote to myself, Psalm 121, verse 1, I will lift up my eyes into the mountains. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. God is a God of power. There is nothing that God cannot do, nothing impossible to him. But then in verses 8 through 15, you find God marching in victory. Now, I'm not going to read all of 8 through 15, but I am going to tell you this verses 8 through 15 is a recording of history. What the prophet does here, he goes back and talks about the Red Sea experience. He talks about the sun standing still for Joshua. And it seems like the Habakkuk is saying, look back through history, and can you not tell me that our God, Yahweh, is a God of power? I want you to look back over your life. Can you look back over your life and say and testify today that God is a God of power? God has done so many things in your life that you can testify to and say, there's a spot where God showed His power. And and there's a spot where God showed His power. The prophet ponders over history and God gave him a vision. And that vision moved him from worry... To worship. He'll do the same thing in your life today. Let me give you the third and last thing today. Third and last, we find that faith. Faith moved the prophet from worry to worship. Verses 16 through 19, remarkable statement of the faith by Habakkuk. I was out shopping one time and found a Pair of shoes I thought I was going to buy, and and you know me, I'm kind of cheap, and so I looked at the price tag, put them back down, put them, you know, gra- grabbed them, and, you know, picked them back up, and then the salesperson came by. He said, uh, "What do you do for a living?" I said, "Well, I'm a Baptist preacher." Of course, then he he knew he had a hard case. All right, it's going to be a hard sell. He said, what are you preaching on Sunday? And I said, Habakkuk chapter 3. And then that salesman in that store quoted to me Habakkuk chapter 3 verses 16 through 19. You know what? He sold a pair of shoes. (laughs) He knew right where to get me. But I've often thought to myself, if people don't read these verses, they have missed something marvelous in the book of Habakkuk and in the Word of God. This is one of the greatest confessions of faith found anywhere in the Bible. Habakkuk has faced the truth of an evil Babylonian empire that's going to invade. The nation will be taken off into captivity for 70 years it's going to be devastating the temple will be destroyed but look at what he says he says though the fig tree should not blossom and there be no fruit on the vines though the yield of the olive should fail and the flocks or the fields produce no food though the flock should be cut off from the fold and there be no cattle in the stalls verse 18 Yet I will praise. I will exult in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. And then verse 19. The Lord God is my strength. He has made my feet like the feet of a deer and makes me walk on my high places. Oh, what a, what a testimony. I've gone deer hunting one time in my life. One time. You can tell I didn't love it. One time. A friend of mine put me up in a deer stand and I I sat there and sat there and sat there and I waited and I waited. I mean I, I thought it's the most boring dull thing I've ever done in my life. I wait finally I saw some deer. About four of them. They showed up way, way, way on the... I mean, way, they were way out there on the edge of a tree line. And I thought to myself, I'm going to shoot this gun. They're too far to hit, that's okay. I don't want to hit them anyway. So man, I, I let go, and it sounded like a war. Bam, 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 bam. I mean, then the guys got on their 4 wheels and they all came to the tree stand. They said, where's the deer? I said, yeah, where is it? They said, well, we heard you shooting. Where's the deer? And I said, well, I'm just shooting for fun. I said, the deer, they just ran... In fact, the deer, they stood back and were laughing at me. They knew I was a rookie. Those deer were leaping and running. They were just having the time of their life. You know, a deer doesn't know that there's someone in the stand ready to kill them. Bambi doesn't know that. You know what? You and I, we never know what's around the corner. Our days are numbered. We know that. We know God just has us here on earth a short time. We know eternity is waiting for us. But I'm telling you, you can go from worry... Now listen, this will be good for you. You can go from worry to watching to worship. And you can have the joy and the thrill like a deer running when God is your strength. Mm, That's right. Over the years... Warren Wiersbe said there are three verses of scripture that helped him patiently wait on the lord one was exodus 14:13 stand still the other is ruth chapter 3 verse 18 set still and the other is psalm 46:10 be still. And That's exactly what Habakkuk did. He stood still, sat still, and was still until God spoke. Well, we find this book ends up by saying for the choir director, for Steve Phillips on my stringed Instruments. Do you know what Habakkuk did? He gave this to the choir director and said, I want you to sing this and I want you to use this in worship. Faith will trust patiently, faith will rejoice in the Lord, faith will rely on the Lord. As I close today, what are you worried about? Today, in another part of the world, there's a bunch of boys in a cave. Started the rescue operation this morning. As you and I think and pray for those boys, there's a God who has all the strength in the world. And knows how to get those boys out. As you and I think about Roland Lide, Pat Sharon, and others, there's a God who has all the strength in the world. As we think about Karen having surgery tomorrow morning, there's a God who has the strength to heal. I challenge you don't get stuck in worry, go from worry to watching to worship. Let me pray. Father, God, what a rich and wonderful small book this has been. I'm so glad that the prophet wrestled, but then embraced Your will. Father, I intercede today before Your throne for those boys trapped in that cave. I pray, God, that You would guide them through the journey. Ours. Of going through dark, murky water. God, we just intercede and pray for those divers today. Father, we pray for the moms and dads that are waiting to receive their their boys back. And Lord, we pray for those on the hospital list. Especially for Roland Lyde. Lord God, we know he's a man of faith and a man of God. We pray for Millie. Sweet wife, for so many years, we pray for grace in his journey, God, towards you. God, for Pat, we pray for continued healing for her, for Karen, for tomorrow morning, God, guide the surgeon. Lord, we we thank You for the healing that Rick has experienced and for Judy being here today. God, so many miracles are in this room. It's all because we can say, as the people of God, that You are our strength. And God, You are all that we need. Father, answer our prayer today in the strong, wonderful, powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Y'all have a great day.